You're listening to the Sportsman's Nation Podcast Network brought to you by Federal Premium Ammunition and their new centerfire rifle ammunition terminal ascent. Now, the terminal ascent has a slipstream polymer tip that helps flatten trajectories and initiates low-velocity expansion at longer ranges. The terminal ascent gives you match-grade long-range accuracy in a bonded hunting bullet, and it comes in a variety of cartridges, including the 6.5 Creedmoor, the 280 Ackley Improved, the 28 Nosler, the 7mm Remington Mag 30-06, and the 300 Win Mag. If you want to find more information about the Terminal Ascent, visit federalpremium.com. And while you're there, check out It's Federal Season, the official podcast of Federal Ammunition. This is the Average Conservationist Podcast, brought to you in partner with 2% for Conservation. 2% for Conservation's mission is to create an alliance of businesses and individuals that ensure the future of hunting and angling by committing their time and dollars to fish and wildlife. 1% of your time plus 1% of your money equals 2% for Conservation. 2% helps businesses and people pair with conservation causes to support things that fit what they care about. Whether you're into fishing, hunting, or just getting outdoors, 2% can help you not only start giving back to wildlife, but get certified for it. Getting 2% certified means you've made the same commitment as popular brands like Sitka, First Light, Stone Glacier, and Seek Outside in giving at least 1% of your time and dollars back to wildlife. But it's not just for outdoor companies. Breweries, contractors, coffee roasters, and even piano repair companies have earned 2% certification and stand out as leaders in their communities for doing so. Businesses that are committed to conservation deserve your business when you shop. Learn more about 2% for Conservation at fishandwildlife.org. That's fishandwildlife.org. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Average Conservationist Podcast. I'm your host, Marcus Ewing, and this week is episode 29. Uh, today on the podcast, I am joined by Sammy and Marshall Seedorf. And Marshall and Sammy are the founders of Wild Rivers Coffee Company uh, out of Texas. And <clears throat> today was a really uh, fun conversation um, to be able to to speak to uh, a couple, uh, a husband and wife who are both passionate about the same things and to be able to take those passions and turn it into uh, a business it is really cool uh, to hear their story. Um, Marshall um, grew up hunting and in the outdoors, uh, and Sammy um, did not, quite frankly. And you know, when those two uh, got together, um, it allowed Sammy to see uh, the world of hunting and of conservation. And you know, over time, grew to love it just the same way that Marshall does. Um, they tell a pretty funny story kind of about how their relationship started off uh, and, you know, just kind of really Sammy's outlook on things. Um, and as time went on, uh, you know, Sammy has a real uh, has a real passion for, you know, good, fresh, premium coffee. Uh, and coincidentally, uh, at one point in time, Marshall worked uh, for a coffee company. Uh, so when the time came to, to start the company, you know, these two really um, kind of had the best of both worlds or they had what was needed to make a really um, good team, uh, especially uh, to start a, a coffee company um, between her passion for, for coffee and his, um, you know, experience uh, working in the coffee industry. Uh, it worked out really well. Um, you know, these two, you'll be able to hear it uh, in the conversation and as, and as these guys are talking that it's just, uh, they, they make, they make a really great team. And I know I've said that already here, but I think you just have to listen to the episode to really truly understand, um, what it is that I'm saying. And, you know, not only their passion for coffee, but their passion for the outdoors and being able to give back. Um, was really the the cornerstones of of the company and you know what the company really stands for um, and they actually extended an offer to all of you listeners so if you use um, the code conservationist all caps at checkout 
um, you're going to save 10% off of your order. Now, I actually just purchased um, some coffee myself, so that should be coming in this week, and I'm really excited to give it a try. Uh, they also got some cool t-shirts and some stickers uh, and some hats as well that you guys can pick up when, uh, when you check out the website. Um, so again, Wild Rivers Coffee, Marshall and Sammy Seedorf. Hope you guys enjoy. All right, joining me on the podcast today, I have the co-founders of 2% Certified Wild Rivers Coffee Company, Marshall and Sammy Seedorf. Guys, how are you? We're doing great. Thanks for having us, Marcus. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, this, yeah, this is the first time I've been able to have two people uh, on the podcast, and it, it works out well that obviously you guys are husband and wife, and, and you live together, and you're there together. So yeah, this is exciting. Very exciting. We've been looking forward to it. Yeah. So, I mean, this has got to be a busy time for you guys too, especially, I know you just launched the company, what, last month? Is that right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yep. Lots of prep work went into it. <laughs> yeah. Sold our first product back in uh, August, kind of did the soft uh, friends and family and make sure we had everything uh, firing all, on all cylinders and then uh, started sharing with the world last month. So yeah, still in the er very early days. Yeah. The infant stages. And that's always the most exciting time. And and, you know, you can really see, you know, the growth and everything like that. So, yeah, that's that's awesome. Congratulations on starting that. Very exciting. Yeah, thank you. Thank we're still you. in the phase where we're doing a little dance every time we get an order. So. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> every time that, yeah, that email goes off with a new order. Yeah, I know how that goes for sure. Right, right. <laughs> yeah. It's awesome. So I want to kind of start off from the beginning. So tell me about Wild Rivers Coffee Company. I mean, how the idea came to be. Um, you know, what the process looked like getting the company started, why coffee? I mean, kind of tell me about that. Yeah, I think that the story goes back a long time and you really have to tell a story about how we met and our, and dating and all that kind of stuff. So maybe I'll let Sammy start that. Yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah. So uh, I, I take credit for introducing, introducing Marshall to two things, uh, sushi and coffee. So those are the two things I introduced him to. I've always had a passion for coffee. And ironically, um, he went into the coffee industry uh, a little bit after we met. And so he he has a background in coffee. Um, and then since then, he, he's now go on, um, going on to work for um, Force of Nature Meats, which is a regenerative meat company. But um, this has always been a passion of mine that I wanted to see through and, and create. And so with a combination of our love for great premium coffee and then just supporting the outdoors, um, that's kind of where it came from. Um, so I, I, I wasn't much of a outdoors girl before meeting Marshall. He yeah, I'll expand on that because, uh, <laughs> I'll definitely credit her for introducing me to great coffee and, and sushi. Those are great call outs. But, um, when we first met, you know, I remember going on a date very early on and we went to a Mexican restaurant that had a couple deer heads on the wall and Sammy refused to sit at the table below uh, the mounds. Yeah, so to me, I'm like, hmm, this is uh, this is going to be an interesting journey. <laughs> yeah, I was... So uh, it's it, she's come a long way, uh, especially if you see our house now. Um, but it's been an exciting journey to uh, to take her on kind of the uh, the passion for the outdoors and conservation and wildlife and, and kind of how all that um, melds together. Yeah, it's really evolved into something that I've grown to be extremely passionate about, too. Um, I mean, I had never I, I didn't grow up hunting or fishing and he really introduced me to that world. And um, I, I actually didn't understand how someone could hunt and then still have a passion for conservation. I was so confused by that and I was like but you're killing the animals but you love them I don't get it um <laughs> it's a weird it, dynamic <laughs> yeah it really came full circle for me and um and this brand was just like marrying our two passions of premium great fresh coffee and our love for the outdoors and preserving that um yeah there there's there's really a lot a lot of different aspects to the brand and and why we came up with wild rivers and um it, it just i feel like when you ever whenever you talk to somebody about what hey what's your perfect morning they're always going to say something that involves coffee in the outdoors um i mean no one's gonna say i'd like my coffee in a cubicle please like with no right. view to the outdoors so 
I, I just felt, I feel like it's ingrained in our souls to want to interact with nature and, and be out there. And I, I mean, I, I, it goes back to biblical stuff too. And, uh, I just think it's, it's part of all of us and what are we doing to preserve that? What are we doing to bring awareness to that? And, um, we want to do our part and also sell kick-ass coffee. Yeah, there so. you go. So <clears throat> how long, or I guess how long, so you, you've always enjoyed premium coffee. So at what point or how long ago did you say, okay, like let's, let's give this a go. I mean, you know, presume, assumably, you know, you had the idea of, you know, maybe starting a coffee company or starting some type of brand, you know, what did that process look like from, okay, you, you kind of had the, the come to Jesus moment with, and I was the same way with, with my company. It's, okay, it's, it's a good idea, I think. And, you know, you talk to friends and family and whether they're just kind of giving you some lip service, like, oh yeah, that would be great. You should definitely do that. Or if they, you know, are really, truly, you know, giving you the, the honest truth, what did that look like? I mean, was it just like, okay, we're going to do it. This, I think we can, you know, here's a plan and let's, let's, let's go to it. I think the genesis really came from me uh, jumping from the coffee company that I was working for. Um, you know, I, I took a leap um, about a year and a half ago into force of nature to really pursue a passion for regenerative agriculture and the meat industry and left a coffee business and, and the uh, the coffee gravy train, if you will, got cut off. And so we started <laughs> we started looking for, you know, a new coffee and places to buy coffee that we could support and be passionate about. And I think that's when we started to scratch our heads and say, well, hey, what if we what if we started our own coffee company? And what if we did our own roasting and and started to really dive into what that looks like? Uh, and then Sammy really took it to the next level and started kind of, you know, dreaming up, well, what would a brand for that look like and what, you know, what would the designs be and how would we kind of marry that with these passions that we've had? Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I know that we had talked, obviously, before we started recording here. And Sammy, you have a background in uh, graphic designs, correct? Yes, yes. I, I've uh, created all of our, I mean, from the logo to the packaging and to the website and all the photography is actually my own as well. So um, I just wanted to, it, it's, it's always a dream for a graphic designer to build your own brand and then let alone on top of that to have to do something that you're passionate about is just really icing on the cake. Um, so I, I really put my whole heart and soul into this and every little Pantone color and, and just the way the, the, the logo flows and, and there's like a little drip that comes down from the R it kind of mimics like a drip of your coffee. Like I just really thought and and felt every decision I made and, and the branding, um, and wanted it to be iconic, um, colorful, but yet simple. And then I wanted it to resonate with a lot of people. So, um, I wanted to, I wanted to be, it to be something that people would be proud to rep. So, yeah, well, there's, th- th- I definitely appreciate the, like the detail that goes into like the design uh, on the packaging and on the website and things like that, because uh, it, it, I think like the beauty lies in the detail, right? Definitely. Yeah. And then, like you said, I was just saying that, uh, you know, I, I like the, the simplicity of it. I, I've always been a big fan of, you know, less is more, um, in terms of like designs and things like that. So yeah, you guys definitely hit the nail on the head with that. Oh, thank you. We appreciate it. We're constantly coming out with new stuff. I like have a new idea every day. So we're just, (laughs) he helps me. He, he helps, you know, rein it in when I'm like, I have this grand vision. So (laughs) (laughs) that's fun for me as a cheerleader of, you know, your wife to be able to, you know, see her do something that she's so passionate about and really be able to build her own brand. You know, as a graphic designer, she's constantly working for other companies and doing, uh, you know, projects that she, you know, knocks out of the park. Um, mm-hmm. But to be able to put her her signature on this one is pretty cool to see. Really yeah, well, that's great. Now, I know, obviously, husband and wife, you know, starting a company and working together. I've got to know, how how does that work for you guys? Because Truth be told, in a previous life, well, previous life, in a previous <laughs> career, I, my wife and I worked together. Her family owned a business, and I had um, I had started working there. We worked together there for about five years before her parents um, sold the company, and 
it was uh there were some interesting dynamics from time to time just like if we you know had different points of views on, on things like that so how are you guys able to you know keep kind of work and home separate i mean i know it's got to be tough especially you know with this kind of being you know marshall for you you know a side job and then um, sam you know this is obviously you know your baby your passion definitely yeah I, we're, we're a great team i mean i i don't i i'm like we like rarely we kind of just like think about a direction and then we like just conquer it together. I mean, there's sometimes where it's like, okay, let's stop talking about this. I want to talk about <laughs> other things, <laughs> but, um, and, and, and like he has perspective perspective that I don't normal, like, and then I have perspective on things he, d- he doesn't see. So we kind of come to an agreement on, on certain issues, but I don't know. You think we work well together? Oh, totally. I mean, I think, uh, we, we kind of have a natural division in that, you know, I come from the consumer and product industry and so operationally and, you know, from, yeah. from that kind of mindset, you know, I think she will kind of lean on me to make decisions and, and, do what's best and, and trust that I will. And then, you know, everything on the marketing side and the design side and, um, you know, talking to the customer side. I mean, I trust her to be our best foot forward with that. And I think, uh, you know, the only issue we ever have is that, especially in this COVID world, it's like, well, where does work stop and, yes. <laughs> and yeah. family time begin? I yeah. mean, I think we all take our jobs home with us right now. And not that we didn't before, but a lot of us, you know, without an office to go to anymore, it's, you know, the kitchen table and the kitchen table will run, you know, well into the night. And especially when you're working on something like this, yeah, we'll find ourselves sitting here at 10 or 11 o'clock at night, you know, stickering bags and, yeah. you know, sealing bags. And, and Sammy writes a handwritten note to, to everyone that orders coffee from us, which is, uh, yeah. I think it's amazing, commendable. I don't know if I could ever do that, but um, it's, it's part of who she is. I mean, this is a girl who writes a, a thank you card for everything she's been given in her whole life. Um, and I really admire it. And it's uh, it's cool to see that kind of translate into a business. Yeah, no, it's it's funny that you mentioned that. So like when I started The Average Conservationist, that was one of the things I did. So I, I do the same thing. I literally, I write a handwritten note in every single order that I have that goes out. And, you know, hopefully that I can do that for as long as it's feasible to do. Um, but I think it, it, it just gives it this personal touch and it just, I think it allows the consumer who's ever buying your product to 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 see how much that order, you know, one bag of coffee, two bags of coffee, whatever it is, a t-shirt, how much you appreciate their business, you know? And I think things like that go a long way. I've gotten so many messages that when someone receives an order, oh, hey, thanks for the, you know, the thank you card. It means so much. And it's it's a way to separate yourself from a lot of the other companies out there as well. Absolutely. I agree. I think it's huge. I mean, we take special care in all of our boxes. We have custom tape and our boxes are custom and, and we have pamphlets in there. And, and I mean, every single bag that is delivered, we have handbagged, we've put the labels on, we've packed them in the box. Like we're taking special care and making sure that people are getting premium coffee at peak freshness. And we're like, we, we we want to make sure people are getting them at peak freshness so we're just like continuously working with our roaster and we're like we need more and you know this is when we need them but i think the freshness thing is a big aspect yeah. of it where we kind of had the aha moment because if you if you really kind of go into the the coffee deep end and and start to really become a consu- uh, a connoisseur if you will of, of great coffee you know freshness is something that's super important and when yeah. you when you're buying it at the grocery store you just can't get it fresh enough um, and that's, I mean, I think in terms of the impetus of the, the business, that was a real aha moment. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So let's talk about coffee for a minute, because that was one of the things that I hadn't even like thought about like, it, it, how it like slipped my mind. I, I don't know. But it was one of the things I hadn't really like wanted or I hadn't really like planned to put like a big emphasis on was like the coffee itself. But as I started like preparing for this, I was like, wait a second, like I have people who own a coffee business like i've got to get to the bottom of this right yeah so i mean i'm a big coffee drinker it's it sammy it's like you said like it's the first thing like i i go to bed at night i'm like man can't wait for that cup of coffee in the morning right (laughs) and i mean i'm probably depending on the day two three cups a day and i'm almost embarrassed to say this now but like i just use a keurig because my wife likes her coffee one way i like mine another and if i'm gonna actually brew like a pot of coffee, like I'm going to drink the whole thing. Right. And I just, I don't need right. to be taking down, you know, five cups of coffee a day. I'll just be, you know, wired. Right. So 
Oh, we got to get you on the pour-over game, man. Yeah. <laughs> the so pour-over game is the perfect solution for that. Yeah. So this that's where I'm actually headed with this. So, like, what is the best way to drink coffee, like, in, in your guys' experience and your opinions? Like, if, if someone is, you know, whether they've been drinking coffee their whole life or they're kind of new to coffee, maybe they drank tea or, you know, Diet Coke or something like that for their caffeine in the morning, what's the best way to, to really enjoy coffee? In terms of a single best way, I think that's, you know, you could start start some bar fights in the right circles about that. I mean, it's kind of like asking a bow hunter what's, you know, fixed or mechanical. Oh. <laughs> but, um, you know, I think, you know, in my opinion, I think a pour over is like a standby mm-hmm. best practice day in and day out to get the most flavor out of your, your coffee and your beans. Um, I think the, the, the couple hot tips um, – to someone who's really starting to take that dive into to coffee is to always grind your beans fresh. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then to, to kind of look for beans that have been roasted between like that five days ago to 30 days ago window when they're really at their peak. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't want to, you don't want to grind them too soon and brew it too soon after the roast. Cause there's a degassing pro- process that happens after those beans have been roasted for the first like three to five days. They're putting off some gas and they'll really kind of come into their own at like day five Um, so day five to 30 and then grinding fresh, man, that's the biggest thing. Uh, and then the pour over, like to your point, your wife likes coffee a different way than you like it. I mean, with a pour over, it's simple. You, you grind the beans that you want and you, you know, you, you put the little device above your cup and you make a pour over just for you and you can do like a single serving that way. And then you can do the same thing for her. Mm -hmm. Um, so to me, that's an everyday standby, you know, cold brewing is something that, uh, I love to do, especially in the summertime here in Texas. I work as a hunting guide, and you know I always bring a big two uh, two quart uh, deal of cold brew out to our clients uh, during the summer and early white tail season, um, and that's a standby as well. Mm-hmm. Now, so are you grinding your beans fresh before like every cup, or are you like okay, so you get a bag in and you grind the whole thing up after you know let's say it's been the the proper amount of time, it's been that like five day window and the beans are kind of at peak freshness. Are you grinding the whole bag at once or are you like grinding just what you need for your coffee that day? Just what you need for that day. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, and, and, and I saw on the website there that you guys are only offering whole, you know, like whole beans. Is that the reason for it so that people can, you know, use them kind of as they see fit and, and get the, the most out of the flavor profile? Totally. Yeah. And we, we've had people ask us to ship them, um, ground coffee and in certain uh, instances we've done it you know we've before we've sealed the bag we've we've ground it up for them people say in the notes they want it we'll we'll go ahead and do it for them but we yeah if you're really really diving into that um high quality specialty coffee world i mean there's just no way to get around the fact that um the flavor profile is just going to really stand out and shine when it's ground fresh Well, I got to say, I'm glad we're having this conversation early in December <laughs> because I'm putting together the Christmas list for the wife and go. a coffee grinder and, you know, a pour over device. It might have to make the list now. I'm not going to lie to you. Definitely. Yeah, absolutely. And that's something we're going to start doing is offering kind of packages where you can order all of that from us and mm-hmm. and do it, you know, to your point as a gift to someone and kind of give them the whole package, you know, great coffee, but then also the tools to make great coffee. Yeah. No, that's that's I think that's a that's a great idea, kind of a one stop shop for for anyone who's looking to really kind of take that next step. So as far as like the the flavor profiles and things like that, how do you guys determine, you know, what you want to do? I mean, you kind of mentioned it earlier there, like your roaster. I mean, what to me, that just seems like a a very daunting process to, to get the beans, to get the flavor that that you're looking for. What does that process look like? Yeah. Yeah, it is a daunting process, um, but it's a really fun process if you're into to specialty coffee and like to try it. I mean, it's like someone who really likes wine, going to different vineyards and doing tastings. I mean, it's really, really fun and exciting. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we uh, we interviewed a bunch of different roasters before we actually hired uh, the guy that we went with. And um, truth be told, it was the one we had known the longest and a longtime friend and actually an old neighbor that we ended up hiring to do all of our roasting. Um but, you know, in terms of like seeking out flavors, we really tried to do uh, things that let the coffee speak for itself. Uh, we felt like single origins were the best way to do that. And so right now we're selling three single origin coffees, uh, Guatemala, Ethiopia, and Colombia. Um, and part of the reason we, we chose 
those regions before we get down to like the sub regions is you know we got a south american coffee a central american coffee and an east african coffee that all kind of in and of themselves come with different flavor profiles uh, and then when you do the single origin sourcing, you can really start to extract like the flavor profiles mm-hmm. of, let's say, the the Colombian coffee, which is, um, you know, probably our our caramel uh, flavor notes is one of the shining stars mm-hmm. in that coffee. Um, so when you select the origins, you really kind of pick out the flavor notes that you're looking for, and you know, try to in our initial offering of these three origins, you know, make them different enough that people can have a unique experience with each of them. And then uh, we do have a signature blend. Mm-hmm. Um, that we're really, really proud of. And that was a, a labor of love, um, you know, tasting a bunch of different combinations of, of um, yeah. origins and, and roasts and, and temperatures of roast to really create that. And that was a really fun process too. Yeah, I think, I, I think we wanted to create or like give people options um, in their coffee. Like all, all of this is premium and, and really great. Um, but, but some of them taste better black. Some of them uh, do great with cream. And we, we noted all of this on our website too, uh, Wild Rivers Coffee Co. So you can go and read about each roast and what it would taste, our recommendations of what to mix it with or, or the notes and, and all those things. So, and the regions we source from as well. So I got to know which uh, of your, your offerings, which ones do you guys prefer personally? Good question. <laughs> I think tough. I know your answer, but. Yeah, let's say, what do you like best? You say it first. I don't know. I really <laughs> like, I, I, it depends on the day. I really love all of them. Um, the, I think the Guat has been my recent favorite. One of our Guatemala has been one of my recent favorites. Uh, it has some like chocolate notes to it. I feel like it's really well rounded. And some days, most days I drink black, but some days I have a wild hair and I want to mix milk with it, and and it it does really well. Um, our blend is fantastic too. I, I I love all of them, but lately I've been on the Guat train. So. Yeah, as a small business owner, sometimes it's whatever we have the most of. Yeah. <laughs> but I, for me, I probably like our Ethiopian the most. Um, it's yeah. it's probably like our um, like most robust flavor notes, most unique uh, origin, if you will. Um, and the kind of uniqueness to it is what draws me to it. It's a little bit okay. more trendy. It's a lighter roast. And, and the, the Ethiopian coffee that we have is probably the only one that I would recommend only drinking black. It's just got so many unique flavors to it that I think – um, drinking it with with cream kind of, I don't know, it like doles out away, some of it the, takes away yeah. from it. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Good to know. I mean, that's I, I prefer my coffee black. I mean, yeah. Every once in a great while, I'll I'll decide to put some cream in there or something. But yeah, preferably black. So you said Ethiopian is the is the one to go to. Totally, and it makes an amazing cold brew. All of them are great black though too. I, yeah. Some people are saying that Colombia is their favorite. It's hard, but yeah, Ethiopia is like. There's like tasting notes in it where you're just like, wow, that's amazing. <laughs> yeah, it's a really sophisticated flavor. It it's got some citrus and floral notes in it that are uh, really, really unique and cool. Nice, nice. Well, yeah, I'm definitely looking forward to giving uh, to giving some of those a try. Definitely. Awesome. Yeah, and that's our Ducks Unlimited origin. So you'll see our uh, Northern Pintail on that bag. Yes. Yeah, that's that's another thing we. So each each one of our roasts right now we have four roasts and. Um, what we wanted to do was have uh, an animal uh, on each one of the roasts. And, and so whatever bag you buy, for instance, the Ethiopia has the pintail on it, um, that like indicates which conservation organization we give back to. So uh, each bag of Ethiopian coffee that's bought has the duck on it, and that gives back to Ducks Unlimited right now. And, um, and then so each bag uh, gives back to a certain wildlife conservation organization. <laughs> So that kind of brings me to like what I want to talk about next is obviously your company Wild Rivers Coffee is 2% certified. Um, So what did, I mean, what was it that made you guys want to become 2% certified? I mean, I know, I noticed when, when Jared, um, the executive director of 2% made the announcement about Wild Rivers that you guys, you know, had just kind of launched the brand and that you were 2% certified. You'd already made that commitment right from the start. So what was it that made you want to want to become 2% certified? I think it was really, it's like the cornerstone of our brand. Uh, I, that was where I drew all my inspiration. Also, it's where we're most passionate. Um, so 
that's we were like we have to be two percent certified i mean that's yeah i mean it's the foundation of our brand if you look yeah. at all the branding and everything and really the inspiration that we want to provide our customers is you know to learn more about conservation and issues that are important but also inspire people to to get outside and drink great coffee while they're doing really cool things yeah yeah no that's 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 a great reason for wanting to do that so i know you mentioned um that there's uh, graphics on on each one of the um different offerings that you guys have. So what are the organizations that you guys are giving back to? Yeah, so um, like I said, the the Ethiopian uh, is has a, an illustration of a duck on it, and that gives back to Ducks Unlimited. And we also have, uh, the, we have a, our Columbia Roast, which has an elk on it. Um, personally, one of my favorite illustrations, that one just came together really nicely, and I think it's beautiful. But anyway, that one gives back to Rocky Mountain Elk Foundation. And then our Guatemala has, features a grizzly bear, uh, and that one gives back to backcountry hunters and angler, anglers. And then the trout, which is our signature blend, gives back to Trout Unlimited. So that's where we started. We we're, we just say that that's basically the beginning. Each bag we come out with, we want to come up with a new animal and the same branding, obviously, but um, that would give back to a different conservation organization. We want to spread the love, but we want to bring awareness as well. So, No, and I think that's a great idea where each, each brand kind of um, um, signifies, you know, a certain organization and people can kind of, you know, make the connection there that when they think about one, you know, s- specific or particular brand of coffee that it, it kind of goes hand in hand with a, a specific conservation org. So I think that from a marketing standpoint, from like a, um, not marketing, maybe that's not the right way to put it, but from like a branding standpoint, I think that's a great way to kind of, you know, intertwine the two for sure. Definitely. And we want to educate people as well. And, um, we, we want to get people excited about these organizations too. So doing it in a cool way and, and, you know, getting a sticker and it represents something you're passionate about. And, and you're also supporting that, that, um, conservation group is what we wanted to create an industry for. Yeah. Sammy, Sammy mentioned that, uh, you know, the, one of the reasons we want to get 2% certified out of the gates is it's really a cornerstone of our brand and what we're doing. And, you know, as we we build out this company, you know, our dream is that we can uh, have impacts on conservation issues uh, throughout the supply chain. And so, you know, as we grow, we hope to, you know, increase our buying power and be able to work uh, with with farmers to to be able to improve the practices that they're doing on the coffee side of things and to do things like uh, filtering their water runoff from their processing operations. So they're not having a negative impact on their streams and rivers and and doing things with the way they grow their coffee so it's you know bird friendly and rainforest friendly and and I work in the regenerative meat company I'd love to 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 move the industry with coffee towards a regenerative model of growing coffee Um, and I think on on the flip side on the consumer end of of building awareness to these conservation organizations you know I think through the content we're gonna put out and the work we're gonna be able to do we want to be out there you know getting people excited about these organizations about wildlife, about wild places, and about issues in conservation that are really, really important. And I think the content that you're going to see us uh, put out uh, is really going to speak to that and uh, hopefully educate and excite people. Yeah, and and the more you kind of talk about that and and kind of the the direction or the, or the, the it sounds like the the plan or the goals that you guys have as a company. You guys definitely just from the 25 minutes of talking here, you guys are the the perfect combination because, you know, Marshall, like growing up in the outdoors and, you know, guiding right now and working for a regenerative beef company and and Sammy with with your background in graphic design and now kind of being, uh, you know, firmly planted in in the outdoor industry. I mean, it, it makes sense that you guys can kind of tackle this from from every direction. Yeah, definitely. Let's hope so. Yeah, we, hope so. <laughs> we need uh, we need folks to to buy in and be excited about it. Yeah, definitely. So now these organizations that that you guys are giving back to are they one are they organizations that not only are you guys members of but like let's say the species like you know whether it's Rocky Mountain Elk Foundation or Trout Unlimited, Ducks Unlimited are these like species or are these animals that you that you're you know regularly like hunting or fishing for? 
Absolutely. Yeah, and we kind of handpicked these uh, first four organizations as ones that are, you know, near and dearest, if you will, mm-hmm. uh, both from a membership standpoint, but then also personal pursuits. So I actually took Sammy on our first elk hunt yes. this year. We did an archery elk hunt together. Yeah. Uh, it was fun. Over a week in the backcountry, and we still love each other. Yeah, so. <laughs> it was it was really really an eye opening experience. Yeah, it was awesome. No, that that is great because I've been like lobbying. My wife's she she has no problem with me hunting. She loves wild game and everything like that. But I I like for the past probably two years, I've really been trying to put a bug in her ear. Like one, just to come out with me, like whitetail hunting, right? Like I and I have to tell her. Or she's like, I don't want to see you kill a deer. And I've said this before. I'm like, well, you probably don't have to worry about that. Like, that's probably <laughs> the likelihood of you being with me when I shoot a deer is is not very high. But that's I'm like, I just want you to experience what I get to experience, right? Like when you're when you're in the tree stand or when you're in a blind, depending on, you know, if you're using a rifle or a bow or whatever it is, like just seeing animals interact and just in their, their natural, you know, uh, their natural surroundings, like. It, there's just you see so many cool things like I watched a bobcat try to sneak up on a couple yearlings this year when I was hunting like those are just things that if unless you're you know out enjoying the outdoors like you're probably never gonna see and you know I it, to no avail she hasn't agreed to come out with me yet but there's there's still hope for her. <laughs> yeah key is a babysitter that's the biggest key <laughs> we always have to have a, and, yeah. and especially so early because hunting happens so early it's like what babysitter is going to come here at 6 a.m.? But, I mean, that's when you utilize family when they're in town, yeah, I guess. Yeah, grandparents. We have yeah. an arrangement that uh, Sammy comes with me on one one duck hunt every year. So we just yeah, did that so, last week. And yeah, I have to. And I we always set aside. I mean, I don't – I'm not like – I can't – he's so much better than me at duck hunting, but I do try to shoot a duck every time we go. And we have to set it aside because I want to eat that duck that night. Like, that's my duck. Well, she wants to make sure that the one she's eating that night is the one that she shot. Yeah. So we have to we have to do special <laughs> yeah, preparation. Yeah, we, we put that one aside. <laughs> no, I I like that train of thought though because I feel like where you had you had touched on you know very early on when we started talking that you didn't quite understand the whole connection between loving an animal but then killing it also. Yeah. And I feel like the fact that you recognize that now, like I shot that duck, I'm gonna eat that duck. Like you, you yeah. kind of understand you know the the process coming full circle. Oh, absolutely. I appreciate it so much more. And he's taught me about different species and just, I, when you don't know, you're just ignorant to what you don't know. And so he really opened my eyes to a lot of things and I I truly love what I've been learning. So it's, it's awesome. Well, and that's something that I think is really cool too, because it sounds like, and definitely correct me if I'm wrong here, but the two of you kind of had some a, a different upbringing as far as like the outdoors were concerned, where yeah. Marshall, it sounds like you, you know, you grew up in the outdoors, right? Hunting and fishing. And, you know, once you guys met, you were able to kind of show her your world, you know, what you're passionate about. And that's what I think we need more of in the outdoor, you know, in the outdoor space, the outdoor community is just people to be more I don't even want to say accepting, just more open-minded to, you know, the lifestyle that, that hunters or anglers choose to live and, you know, how they choose to, to get their food. Absolutely. That's the thing I like the most about working as a hunting guide is, uh, we're real lucky at the ranch that I work at, um, you know, the owners of our meat company, um, that most of the hunters that, that come and seek out, uh, the opportunity to do a hunt with us are either first time hunters or very young in their hunting career, kind of that adult onset hunter right? or, or a, an adult onset hunter that's bringing their kid along. And so for me, that's like the ultimate experience that I want to be a part of is trying to take people on that journey of, uh, not only teaching them the skills, but being there and, and like seeing them go through that process of, uh, you know, harvesting their first animal and watching it become something that they'll take home and cook for their family. I, I think that's one of the coolest things out there. And from a conservation perspective, when you can connect someone with their food and help them understand that relationship, I feel like you can create, uh, you know, a conservationist for life, if you will. Yeah, I, I could not agree more with that statement. And I think more people need to 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 understand, yeah, what that what that looks like, being able to to provide for yourself and you know, and, and understand, you know, us as conservationists, you know, how much we do care for it, you know, in spite of the fact that we're actually taking from the land. But, you know, in your guys's case with with Wild Rivers, like you're doing all that you can to give back to it, to make sure that, you know, you guys are 
doing your part to preserve these you know the water and the land that that these animals or that these these fish that we love to pursue that they can continue to to thrive um in, in the current ecosystem absolutely yeah yeah i don't know it, it yeah it's just it's crazy and the time you spend when you're outdoors and and especially the hyper digital world that we're in and we always say when we're out it takes a couple of days to like not think about what's going on but then you're in nature and you notice the smallest things and the things that people don't notice on a daily basis and um yeah we just want to do all we can to preserve that and to to let our grandkids and their grandkids be able to experience the same thing yeah and one of the things that that when i've spoken to people that own or especially that own two percent businesses is that a lot of times it's maybe like a second business or it's just, you know, they, they started this company as as a passion and maybe like a second revenue um, stream. But they're taking that and they're making the decision to, OK, I want to make extra money, but I also want to give some of that money back. And I think that those are the companies that are the best is that you're in it because, one, you're passionate about coffee, which if you're passionate about whatever it is that you're doing, it's, it's going to come through in the products that you're offering or whatever whatever the company is, right? And the fact that you're then turning around and giving that, you know, giving proceeds from, you know, uh, from your sales back to conservation. I think that that says a lot about not only the company, but, um, you know, especially the people that that started the company or that are running the company. Yeah, and and we kind of see 2% as a starting point, right? You know, we'd love to to make the successful venture and be able to increase that commitment every year. And, uh, whether that's in, in dollars um, and just personal commitments of time to, to do conservation projects that we're really passionate about. Yeah, and that's one of the things I think that as time goes on and 2%, you know, it becomes more of a household name, the organization, because it's obviously it's still early on uh, in, in terms of an organization. But when you realize the, the commitment to become 2% certified, like it's not that much, right? Like 1% of your time and 1% of your money. And I think the money is is something that people can say, okay, like, you know, whatever the dollar amount is, like, that's not that much. I think a lot of the hang up for people is the time. But then when you break it down, it's 21 hours a year, right, for, for your company, uh, whatever the case is. And that's that's not really that much time. Like if you do a cleanup or you do some type of, you know, habitat restoration, you know, if you do two or three of those a year, I mean, you've, you've pretty much reached your, your goal, you know, right there. And, you know, I'm sure that there's, yeah, I'm sure every company that's two percent certified goes well above the you know the twenty one hours that that are required um, to keep them certified. Absolutely. Yeah, I agree. So I've got to know. I feel like whenever we talk about or I talk to these companies and we talk about the name of the company, there's always kind of like a cool story or reasoning behind it. So how did you guys come up with Wild Rivers Coffee? Yeah, like the name. Well, a lot of it um, kind of came back to the fact that we wanted to keep rivers wild. Like we're, we're talking about like, like our, our animals need wild rivers, you know, to survive and to thrive. And, and, um, we wanted to be a brand that, um, supported that. And then also just going back to the whole, like your perfect morning thing, it's always going to involve coffee in the outdoors. And also I, I like to add that, when, if you ever ask somebody like, hey, would you, where would be your perfect home set up? Would it be on a lake? Would it be on a river, uh, by the ocean? People want to be by water. And I, I think, like truly, I think it's biblical that it's ingrained in our souls that we want to be by water. Like at the beginning of creation and Genesis um, and Eden, like there's, all the rivers and and the garden of Eden was there. And then like one of the only descriptions at the end uh, in revelations about the new heaven coming down on earth is that there's a river with trees of life coming from it. So I, I truly believe that it's ingrained in our souls to want to be around rivers or be around water and larger than that nature. Um, so that's where the rivers really came from. And then we want to keep wild places wild and support that so that's where wild came from um and then like just celebrating the authenticity of yourself or the animals and and like being wild is is being 
authentically yourself or being authentically free, free, being authentically what God created these animals to be. So we want to help keep them wild and, um, you know, support our, our rivers and, and, yeah, I think wild uh, water systems in general are just the foundation for healthy ecosystems, whether yep. it's streams or creeks or uh, rivers or lakes or oceans. I mean, that's um, so what wildlife depends on. And, and like Sammy said, the mm-hmm. places that we as humans seek out to enjoy. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, first off, you got pretty deep on that answer there. And, 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 I'm sorry. And that, no, 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 no. I think it, it's really good because it, it kind of made me like, as you were explaining, I was like, you know, really thinking about what you were saying. I'm like, wow, like you you make so many good points there. And that, yeah, I mean, everyone probably wants to be by water in in some way, shape or form, right? Like I remember some friends and I took a fly fishing trip out to Colorado five years ago or so. And we stayed at kind of like this ranch bed and breakfast type place. And the the little cabin that uh, me and my buddies were staying in was right along the river, right? And as we're laying there in bed at night, you know, it's like, it's the middle of summer, so we got the windows open and stuff, and you can just hear the river, like, all night, just, you know, the kind of roaring, you know, the little bit of rapids that there were by by the cabin there, and it's just like, you don't you don't need anything else, right? Like, you just, you have that natural sound, and it's just the perfect way to, to go to sleep. It's the perfect way to wake up, and, and, and yeah, I, I totally, I totally understand that. I think that's a great reason for, for naming the company that. Yeah, yeah, there's, a lot of reasons why and that was one of them so i mean it just brings you peace being by water you know <laughs> yeah. the tranquility absolutely yeah yeah so obviously marshall you said you you guide um at a ranch there in texas as well and obviously you talked about you guys went on a backpack hunt uh your first elk hunt this year uh together have you guys considered or thought about like coming out with like i've seen some other coffee companies with like um I think, uh, I don't even know if they have like, they may have a specific name, so definitely feel free to throw it out there, but like almost like a, a pour over for like the back country, right? Where it's just like a kind of like a prepackaged little coffee or anything. Have you guys thought about doing anything like that? Yeah. Like a single serve. Kind yeah. Of yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Totally. I yeah. think, um, we want to cater to all the campers, the hikers, like even if you're not a hunter, like, and you enjoy the outdoors and you want to preserve it. I mean, we, we, and we want to bring in those products to sell. We're just the struggle, I think, is that it goes back to that grinding fresh concept. Yeah, and it's like true. at some point you sacrifice the quality of the coffee to to like, you know, to put it in that package. But me as a hunter, I get it. Like, you know, I'm, I'm not above drinking instant coffee in a pinch in the woods. Right. You know, when it's 10 degrees outside, you know, just to, to get a caffeine hit before I hit the woods for the day. But mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean, I think it's something we'll definitely look at doing yeah. and, and consider. Um, you know, I think for us right now, we're just trying to focus on providing the most premium experience with the coffee and the beans um, and, and make sure we hit a home run on that before we start trying to get creative and, and dance in these other arenas. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because you, you kind of touched on it there where you're going to you're going to have to sacrifice the freshness at some point if you're going to make these these prepackaged kind of single servings um, that are especially or specifically designed for like backcountry hunting or, you know, when you're out camping and maybe you don't have a your coffee. Well, I guess you could still bring your coffee grinder if you're if you're camping. But yeah, to, to kind of have more offerings. Yeah, you got to make some sacrifices. And I'm sure that when you the, the foundation of your company and being, you know, offering fresh fresh products yeah that's something that's that might be kind of hard to to get away from even even though it might allow you to offer something else yeah i know there's a market for it i mean i'm I'm definitely a consumer of those products um and and since we've launched this business i've been finding myself just you know and taking a little bit of a shortcut and grinding what i think we need for our trip you know before we leave but still i you know can feel pretty confident that you know a coffee ground three or four or five days ago is a whole lot different than a year ago in a package. But who knows? It's something we'll definitely consider. And uh, mm-hmm. I, again, I, I'm personally a consumer of those. So who knows? Yeah. yeah. Now, I, I know you guys just started the company, so you might not be able to answer this, but do you guys have goals or, or aspirations of of trying to to get into stores and kind of like maybe whether it's local or big box to, to really help, you know, spread, spread the name of Wild Rivers and, and help, you know, raise even more you know, awareness for conservation. Absolutely. Yeah. We're, we're starting, uh, slowly with some local, um, 
local oh, shops. Yeah, we have a couple local wholesale um, customers already. Um, you know, uh, some local gyms, some local retailers. I think the most important thing for us is finding partners that will share that conservation story. You know, one, be able to speak to, you know, premium coffee and what that experience is like for a consumer. We, we want that communicated. We want the freshness piece to be important to the to the retailer. Um, but I think that, you know, the real home run is to find someone that's values aligned on conservation as well. And so I think there's totally, you know, partners out there we'd love to work with, you know, folks who have fly shops and, mm -hmm. and, you know, really facilitate a lot of these outdoor activities that we're, you know, trying to inspire people to get more into. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, that, that's, that's a, a great way to, to kind of approach that, that aspect of the business is finding other people that are in line with, with your guys' beliefs on, um, on conservation in the outdoors. So no, that's, that's, I mean, that's kind of what I expected you, what you were, or what I expected you guys to be thinking, but I, you know, I had to ask if, if that was yeah. kind of in the goals or in the plans. Yeah, definitely. And we put UPCs on all the bags so they can be scanned at a register. Yeah, we're ready. <laughs> so yeah. obviously this is, um, you know, being a new, uh, a new company. I mean, is you, do you guys have just like a room at here at your house that's just like jam packed full of coffee or, or what does that look like for you guys? Yes. I think there's only one room that doesn't. It's our daughter's room. Yeah, yeah. There is only one room that doesn't. There's little things everywhere. But yeah, we we do a good job. We have a good system of, of like, you know, bagging the orders and I write the notes and Marshall really likes to seal up the boxes. He does a great job. We we have but we we have our hands on everything and um, we're lucky too. We've important. got a we've got a big barn kind of style workshop yeah. on our property too. So that's been a good uh, call it warehouse for all of the uh, necessary items. But our, our coffee's always coming in fresh. So like, we'll be like, oh, we're running out of this roast. And we're like, get get the next, we, we don't want to store a lot of coffee because right. of obvious, you know, the peak freshness, but yeah. Yeah, so we really don't store a lot of coffee. It's just the no. auxiliary items, all the swag, all the merchandise, all yeah. the boxes. Marketing material. Marketing and... material, all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. So do you guys have any plans to like maybe, I mean, I I know that uh, obviously COVID has been, it's it's thrown everyone a curveball, right? Especially conservation orgs and not being able to have banquets and things like that. Have you guys um, made any plans or looked into like, going to like any type of trade shows or, or anything like that to really kind of help spread the brand and spread the message. Oh yeah. That's, I think a, the do. biggest thing is trying to partner with the conservation organizations and, and figure out how we best support them when they're doing those things. Mm -hmm. And I think if we do that, then it'll kind of naturally happen. You know, I, for instance, if, you know, Rocky Mountain Elk Foundation is doing a big, uh, you know, event or something. It's like, how can we provide coffee for the staff? How can we provide coffee for, for volunteers who are going out in the field? And for us, I, I feel like it's a genuine relationship that we can create there um, mm -hmm. that, yeah. you know, will help get the, the message out there, but also really support the people who are doing the things that we want to support. That we're in line with, yeah. Yeah, and, and I think, yeah, that's forming those organic relationships. Yeah, is, is the best way to go about that. I know here in Michigan, I've partnered with um, with a local uh, conservation organization because that's one thing. As as times as time has went on with with my company, is I want to do my best to to keep my dollars or the donations that I'm making here in state because I mean that's where I'm doing you know ninety five percent of my recreating. So I, I want to try to do my best to, to support, you know, organizations that are looking out for, you know, in this case, Michigan. Um, but then I also, um, you know, worked with some people from uh, QDMA, um, you know, with a local chapter here in Michigan. So, yeah, I love the idea of, of kind of keeping things local and giving back to organizations that are, yeah, in line and, and are supporting things that you love to do. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I think Sammy would love to have a brick and mortar someday, too. Yes. She's always talked about wanting to have somewhere that mm -hmm. she can, you know, Make provide someone just that ultimate morning experience. Yeah. Has to, and ha there has to be some element of nature, you know, whether it's outside patio looking at something cool. But yeah, I, that's always the thing. It's, uh, you know, we would always talk about like, well, what would you do if you won the lottery? What would you? And I was like, I would own, I would open a coffee shop. And it's a fun like, game to well, play. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And it's like, 
well, I we can do that. <laughs> yeah, it's like you have those conversations about what what would you do if you won the lottery, but yeah. it's like, well, what can we can do? What can we do without winning the lottery to help get us there without doing that? Without yeah, absolutely. Well, what can we do for a whole lot less money but still be really effective? Especially because right. we don't hardly play the lottery, so the yeah, odds of us I winning know. are almost zero. <laughs> yeah, you can't win if you don't play. Yeah, right. yeah, I, I I I agree with that. Yeah. So. I know that that hunting season, well, at least here in Michigan, is is kind of starting to wind down. But do you guys have anything that that's uh, in store, or any hunts maybe in the new year that you guys are really looking forward to? Uh, I mean, duck season. We both, uh, like I said, Sammy goes on a duck hunt with me every year. We've we, been on a really, really good duck. Yeah, hunt. we My just best. had the best duck hunt that she has yeah. ever had. Yeah, it this was past awesome. weekend, and and we have a three and a half year old yellow lab, and. Yeah. Uh, my favorite part of duck hunting is watching the lab work, but I think she really got to see that the other day. Yeah, it's awesome. So that, I shot, I, I, uh, before, I mean, we've been, I've gone hunting with him since we started dating in 2012 and every year I, I never shoot a drake. I only shoot hens. Like I, not, not on purpose, but like I, I, I'm a hen killer. And so, <laughs> So, Which I don't hold in high regard. <laughs> I don't mean to, but that's just the one I'm looking at, and I, I, I aim. Anyway, this past uh, weekend, I, I shot my first couple uh, Drake teals, so that was exciting. Yeah, yeah, yeah a couple definitely. Teal, couple yeah. widgeon. We had a yeah. really good hunt, so that was really fun. Yeah. You know, guide season here in Texas. You know, our whitetail season's in in full. Uh, swing right now so um lots of whitetail guided hunts going on right now uh we're actually we're lucky we have uh, wild access deer out in the county this ranch is in and uh, it's low fence so it's all spot and stock hunting uh it's as close to western style you know on the ground moving around hunting as i think you can find here in texas and so that's year round and i absolutely love those hunts um especially the new folks that have never done a spot and stock hunt and kind of grown up in the texas uh, sit in a blind culture not there's anything wrong with that but it's just a totally different experience yeah. when you're out on the ground walking around you experience walking up on an animal and trying to sneak in close enough for a shot so um love love guiding out there and, and being a part of that um but yeah i mean hunting season's kind of winding down i think part of how i got into to hunting and, and conservation in the first place was through um you know a lot of the the duck uh conservation projects uh, doing duck boxes and things like that. So I really look forward to the springtime and uh, we run some wood duck boxes here in central Texas and uh, work with my uncle and, and help him on some of his projects. So I'm looking forward to that too. Nice. Yeah. I, you mentioned access deer there and that's, that's one of the things that has really been kind of piquing my interest is I've seen some, you know, I've seen the guys hunt them in Hawaii there. And, but I know that, you know, in kind of in the 48 here, that Texas is Tex Texas is the only state that has them, isn't it? I think so. At least I think in any kind of um, you know size and population. Um, yeah. I mean, I've seen personally herds of a couple hundred out there, you know, and they're constantly moving around on and off the property. But um, yeah, they're they're crazy and they eat like elk, man. They uh, they're grass eaters, so the meat on those things is pretty phenomenal <laughs> yeah that that's what i've heard i've heard it's it, as far as like a a wild gamer or a, you know a, a an undulate that it's 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 probably like the best that there is out there yeah yeah they eat the very similar diet to our bison on the ranch which causes conflict with the owners of the ranch <laughs> <laughs> i can i can imagine well Sammy, Marshall, I really appreciate you guys taking some time to, to hop on the podcast. I had a blast talking with you guys and, and hearing about Wild Rivers and, you know, the story of kind of how it all came together and, and your guys' story about how, you know, you guys came together and, and formed, you know, the team that you guys are now. And, and I really look forward to seeing, you know, what you guys do in the future with the company. Yeah, awesome. We, um, we also want to give your listeners a, a promo code for um, if they listened and they want to order. But um, that when you go to check out, just type in conservationist, all caps, and you'll get 10% off your whole order. So 
we really appreciate being on here with you. It's so nice to talk and and um, yeah, thanks for letting us tell our story. Yeah, and, uh, it was no ab- nice to absolutely. Meet you. Hopefully, uh, we can get you down here to Texas to shoot an axis deer. It sounds like <laughs> yeah, I've got some family that lives uh, that lives in Austin, and, and uh, I have a, an uncle down there, and he's been in my ear for the last three or four years. But you got to come down and hunt. You got to come down and hunt. We can do some hog hunting. We can do some whitetail hunting. And I just haven't been able to make it happen. So if I get down there, I'll definitely be sure to look you guys up. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, we'll look forward to that. All right. Well, you guys have a great day. And uh, again, it was great talking to you. Yeah, you too, Marcus. Thank you. All right. Thanks a lot. All right. right. Well, a big thank you to Marshall and Sammy for hopping on the podcast today. Uh, Be sure, uh, as I mentioned before, be sure to use the promo code CONSERVATIONIST, all caps, uh, at checkout there uh, on their website when you go to purchase some coffee or some swag uh, from Wild Rivers Coffee. Uh, I'd also like to thank our partners over at Stone Glacier. Be sure and check them out at stoneglacier.com. I'd also like to thank 2% for Conservation. Uh, and if you're interested in learning more about them, you can check them out on their website, fishandwildlife.org. And there you can see all the certified brands, including Wild Rivers Coffee, that are committed to conservation that you should support when you're shopping for your guiding services or your books or your beer or your wine or your real estate or obviously your coffee. Um, I also encourage you guys to give 2% a follow on social media where it's going to be nothing nothing but positive conservation-driven content. So again, if you'd like to learn more about 2% for Conservation, you can look for them online on their various social medias or at fishandwildlife.org. Thanks for joining us this week, guys. Hope you enjoy the episode. Remember, stay safe out there and conservation starts with you.